You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A great episode for you. We've got a lot of statistics involving week one of the NFL season. Some gambling-related, some just player-related. We've got an injury that's already screwing up, I'm sure, a lot of people's fantasy football teams, including mine. I've got a stat on Dabo that probably is explaining why Clemson has lost three of their last four games and essentially been blown out in all of them. Then we're going to talk a little baseball, and I know a lot of you probably may not care about Texas Ranger baseball, but this collapse that is happening here in the Metroplex with this Texas Ranger baseball team is unlike anything we've ever seen around here. It is flat-out embarrassing. you got to hear these numbers if you're not aware of what's going on. I'll update you on all of that momentarily. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com. So let's start with this. Week one of the NFL season is upon us. Opening game tonight in Kansas City. Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champions, hosting the Detroit Lions. The line was six, six and a half. Then we found out the Travis Kelsey injury news yesterday. It dropped all the way down to four. Now I think it's back up to four and a half. He's questionable to play, but he had swelling in his knee 48 hours ago. I don't even know why you would try and play this guy tonight. You don't need to. It's game one. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll obviously know later on in terms of his injury, if he's going to play or not. If I'm them, why even risk it? But first game of the season, obviously he probably wants to be out there. The team wants him out there. I just don't think it's smart if his knee is as bad as they say it was the other day with some swelling and he couldn't put pressure on it. Okay. I mean, can he really come back? And even if he does come back and says, I'm good to go, there's no way he's 100% tonight. So what is he, 70 80%? Do you want a 78% Travis Kelsey out there tonight? First game of the season? Mm, I don't know. Anyway, one thing about Patrick Mahomes, as we know, he's great. He's especially great in week one. Did you see these numbers of Patrick Mahomes week one the last five years in the NFL? I don't know the teams he played. I just have his statistics. Week one as a starting QB, 2018, threw for 256 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. 2019, 378 yards, three TDs, no picks. 2020, 211 yards, three TDs, no picks. 2021, 337 yards, three TDs, no picks. Last year, 360 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Total stats. Week one of the last five years, Patrick Mahomes, 1,542 passing yards, 18 touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and 136.9 passer rating. 
<laughs> I mean, now granted, he had Travis Kelsey in all those games. If he doesn't have him tonight, that's their best receiver. So I'm not saying he's going to be terrible tonight, but just take that into account when looking at the game. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people, especially if they hear Travis Kelsey's playing, that might use Kansas City as their team in their eliminator pool. I'm staying away from this one in terms of any sort of eliminator pool. I already have the Lions in plus six and a half. I put it in earlier this week because um, I just like the game. It is not going to be one of my plays that I give out. I'm just telling you, uh, for me personally, uh, I like the Lions plus six and a half. Bet them for a little bit, but it's not going to be one of my plays of the week. It's not going to be my best bet, and it's not going to be one of my games that I give away. It's not going to be part of the three-team ten-point teaser either. But that was a very interesting statistic regarding Patrick Mahomes and his first start in the NFL of the his game one of the NFL the last five years. I mean, that is just week one, 18 touchdowns, no picks, 136.9 passer rating. <sighs> He's out of this world. Uh, I mean, he there's no other way to describe him. He is out of this world. He is in a league of his own. He is the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. Now, the other thing that's interesting this weekend is we had three quarterbacks taken in the top 10 of the draft this year. We had number one was Bryce Young. Number two to the Texans was C.J. Stroud. And then I believe at four were the Colts who took Anthony Richardson. All three of those guys are starting. Now, this only pertains to number one overall. So since 2003... If a quarterback was taken number one overall in the NFL draft, they are 0-13-1 straight up in their first start. And of those 14 games, they are 1-13 against the spread. Bryce Young is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Atlanta on Sunday. Do with that what you will. Just know that no rookie quarterback since 2003 that was drafted number one. This doesn't pertain to C.J. Stroud, doesn't pertain to Anthony Richardson, but it does pertain to Bryce Young. No rookie quarterback drafted number one has won his first start in the NFL since 2003. Last one to do it was David Carr in 2002. Just keep that in mind if you're possibly looking to bet the Atlanta-Carolina game on Sunday. Very, very hard to go against one in thirteen against the spread. Hey, it could be two and thirteen, and maybe they win the game outright, or maybe they only lose by a field goal. I don't know. But those are some serious numbers you're betting against. And you could say, like, well, those teams and those quarterbacks have nothing to do with Bryce Young. Very true, but when that number was oh seven and one straight up. You could have said that, and then it lost six times since then. So that's what I mean. It just it just kind of goes to show that the top pick in the draft has a target on his back, and he's usually going to a bad team like the Carolina Panthers were last year. Weren't terrible, but they were 7-10. and 10, And they haven't won in over 20 years in their first start. So just keep that in mind if you're interested in that Atlanta-Carolina game. You've heard me talk about fantasy football on this podcast. I play it every year, but I'm not a guy that geeks out over it. 
I don't do it for free. It is a nice little, you know, four-figure payout if we win our league. But I'm not somebody that is just scouring the free agent wire every week and who am I going to start, who am I going to sit. I'm just like, look, I draft my team in the beginning. That's usually the team I end up with unless I have like a giant injury and I have to replace that person. I told you on my draft, I've got Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Cooper Cup, and then a bunch of scrubs around them. I went big on wide receiver because we're a PPR league, so wide receivers are way more than running backs. Come to find out yesterday, of course, Cooper Cup officially out for week one in the Rams game at Seattle, and he's probably going on IR, meaning he's going to miss the first four games of the season. So if you haven't had your draft, I'd stay away from Cooper Cup or don't spend a whole lot of money on him. And if you have had your draft, well, you got to go get another receiver. So I have to put Cooper Cooper Cup on the bench. And this is this is the thing with with fantasy football football where I say like, look, I know it's a huge deal, and I know it makes a ton of money every year, and a lot of guys play it. I get it. What I'm saying about it is though, there is way more luck involved than skill. You can do all the research you want on your players. It's pure blind luck which is why most teams and most leagues have a head-to-head like you're playing against one of the other guys in your league this year right or this weekend right what if you get a great week and score 180 points and you're just dominating but his team scores 181 you sit there at 0 and 1 yet somebody in your league is probably going to beat somebody 91 to 75 and they have a better record than you that's why You should incorporate what we have in our league to, hey, not only is it head-to-head, but if you have a 10-team league, the top five teams that get the most points for the week also go 1-0. Bottom five go 0-1. So you kind of weed out those guys that happen to win low-scoring games every week. It just shows they don't really have that good of a team. They just had a team that they played that week who didn't do nearly as good as them, and they scored low. So... Add that to your league. It's a lot of fun. Trust me. Just like I said, don't do snake drafts anymore. Those are stupid and they're outdated. Do auctions where everybody has a chance to get every player. There's actually strategy involved in that because you have to kind of money manage your team. And who do you want to buy? And are you going to bid against somebody? Are you going to bid somebody up so they can take them at a higher price and you can get somebody else cheaper? Very, very much um, more strategy involved in that. But the biggest thing for me and why fantasy football just isn't something that I'm going to, like I said, just scour over reports hours and hours is because once the game starts, you can't do anything. Like if the game started and you saw that one of your guys got hurt in the first quarter, if you were able to sub in and out during a game, then it would make sense. It could be like you would like really be a coach of your team and be like, oh, get him out of there. Let's put this guy in. But once the game starts, you have no control or anything. You just sit back and hope you score more than the other team. So that's why it's 90% luck. 10% putting the best lineup out there. Great. But if we all knew who the best, who was going to perform the best before every week started, we'd always have the best lineup out there. How many times during the course of a season do you have guys on the bench that outdo your starters? Probably every week you have at least one guy on the bench that does better than your starters. You know, so... That's why. That's my biggest issue with fantasy football is it's out of your control once the games kick off. If they added an element to where you can go in 
and, oh, this guy's underperforming. He's got one catch for five yards at halftime. I want to replace him with this other guy. Then it would make a lot more sense. Then it'd be like, okay, now you're actually taking some skill and learning, watching the games and learning. But they're never going to do that because not everybody is watching the games every Sunday and knows exactly what's going on and every player on his team. So it'll never happen, but that's why I just don't get too geeked up over fantasy football. But yes, did I draft Cooper Cup? Yes, and now he's going to be out for four weeks. I'm already screwed. So that's why I'm already down on this season because, yes, I have a receiver to squeeze in there, but it's a couple rookies. And when you spend a third of your salary cap on one guy who's now going to miss four games, I mean, I'd be lucky to go, you know, one and three in these first four games and maybe, you know, go two and two on points. And then I'm sitting there at three and five through four weeks, you know. I'm already pissed. (laughs) Stupid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code WELCOME. Okay, one last thing on Dabo Sweeney. I hate to kick the guy in the nuts when he's down and they are down after losing 28-7 to Duke on Monday night. But I told you he's not adjusting with the times. And if he wants to run his his program the way he does, that's fine. But he's getting passed up. I didn't realize how bad it was. Do you know that in the Dabo Sweeney era, Sweeney era, Clemson has only had three transfers three he's been there 15 years and two of them were backup quarterbacks i mean there's your answer he refuses to go into the portal he wants every he doesn't want to give the players any sort of empowerment he hates it he doesn't want nil deals there's no such thing as nil deals and his in his program he figures the only payment the players are getting are, is an education. It's like, okay, great, Dabo, but when your team loses by three touchdowns to a basketball school, don't say, oh, well, it's just because we screwed up here, we screwed up there. Yeah, they had a lot of turnovers, and the game was probably closer than 28-7, but I'm sorry, you've also lost three of your last four games. You've gotten blown out in a lot of them. So four of the, three of those four losses were by three scores or more. It's over in Clemson. Your your dynasty that you had with the Deshaun Watson national title and the Trevor Lawrence national title, those days are over. If your coach is refusing NIL deals and has three transfers in the history of his program, you're not going anywhere. Sorry, Clemson fans. All right, now we're going to talk baseball. <sighs> okay, I don't know if any of you have been paying attention to the Texas Rangers situation and what's going on in the AL West. But just a mere 19 games ago, the Texas Rangers were 72 and 48 
I can't remember what their lead was in the AL West, but I want to say it was six or six and a half games over the Houston Astros. 19 games ago. Since then, the Texas Rangers are four and 15. Three days ago, they started a series at home against the Houston Astros. And when that series started, Houston was 74 and 61. And the Rangers were 76 and 57. The Astros just swept the Rangers over the last three days. And if I just use the term sweep or swept, that's probably being nice. The Astros absolutely obliterated the Rangers on three straight days. In case you didn't know, the final scores in those three games, 13-6, 14-1, and 12-3. In this three-game series, the Houston Astros hit 16 home runs. In three games as a team. Two nights ago, when they won 14 to 1, Jose Altuve, the leadoff hitter for the Astros, hit a home run in the first inning, in the second inning, and in the third inning. And they were up 9 0. Jose Altuve's three home runs occurred before the seven, eight, and nine hitters in the Rangers lineup even got their first at bat. <clears throat> You can't make this shit up. Going into last night's game, the Rangers four and fourteen in their last eighteen. Going into last night, now they're four and um, fifteen in their last nineteen. But going into last night's game, four and fourteen in their last eighteen games, their bullpen's ERA was seven point six eight. Last night. They lost 12-3. to Their bullpen came in after the starter, Max Scherzer, had given up seven runs. So their bullpen gave up five runs in six innings. So that 7.68 actually went up. So now through 19 games, their ERA in their bullpen is close to eight. And in these 19 games, they do not have a win from a starting pitcher. I cannot believe this team not only was 72 and 48, remember what I was telling you earlier on in the season, they were leading all of baseball in run differential. Now they're like sixth, probably even worse now because they just got outscored 39 to 10 in three games. I, I've never seen this type of collapse. And I'm sitting here watching these games being in Dallas and turning on these games and you're just watching it going, I cannot believe, especially this Astros series, you're just expecting the worst to happen. I mean, every single guy on the Astros is just pounding the ball. I was hoping I would get some sort of statistic from the Rangers announcers telling me, what's the most amount of home runs a team has hit in a three-game series? I can't imagine it's more than what the Astros has did. 16 home runs in a three-game series? Like, that, they averaged five home runs a game for three straight games. A little over that. I, I'm stunned. Everyone here is just kind of befuddled. Because before they lost 15 of their last 19 games, the 14 games before that, they went 12-2. and two. Like, this is out of nowhere. This team was so good up until 19 games ago. 
And honestly, they haven't really had any major injuries. It's not like their number one starter went out. I mean, their number one starter is Jacob DeGrom. He started six games all year. And without him, they built a 72-48 and record, 24 games over 500. So don't give me the Jacob DeGrom is out. Before this 19-game stretch, they were 24 games over 500. And now they are only 13 games over 500. What, they were 72 and 48. Now they're 76 and 63. <laughs> I'm I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah, 4 and 15. They've lost 11 games. Um they're 11 games under 500 in their last 19 games. So from 24 over to 13 over for the season. It's just it's unexplainable because everybody goes through slumps. Yes. Over 162 games even the the best team in baseball is losing 60 to 65 games a year. And over the course of a season, you're going to have a losing streak. You lose six out of eight. You lose seven out of 10. But you have to avoid the really big ones. And the Rangers are in it right now. And the only saving grace is, one, today's an off day. And two, you got the worst team in baseball coming to town for the weekend in the Oakland A's. But I'm sorry, anytime a Ranger pitcher takes the mound – you expect them to get lit up like a Christmas tree right now because their starters can't get anybody out, their bullpen can't get anybody out. It is just an absolute collapse. Yet, here they are. If the playoffs started today, they wouldn't make it, but they're only a half game out of the last wild card spot. Basically, there are four teams fighting for three spots in the American League playoff race. That's the Astros, Mariners, Rangers, and Toronto Blue Jays. Right now, the um, the rain, the um, Mariners and the Blue Jays have two of the three, and the uh, Rangers are right outside that. They're a half game out of the last wild card spot, which I guess is a saving grace, but it's just you watch these games and there's just – slump shoulders the second this team falls behind 3-0 because they realize, crap, we're playing from behind every game. Now, the Astros series was just an absolute abomination. I mean, they're falling behind. Yesterday, it was 7-1 after 3. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 